Welcome one and all to episode 35 of the Bloke Pod. Action? Do you reckon, did you think we'd get to 35 when we started this? Uh, no, well, but once we'd gotten to 33, I was pretty confident that we'd power yeah. on through. And, yeah, and 30, 34 yes. made it a little bit more certain. Yeah. One of, the, one of the comments that you've made about this podcast in the past is there's not enough accents. So exactly. we've decided to do something about that. We brought in a, our South African correspondent, Matty C. Matty C. Come on, lay the accent on Hello, it's a pleasure to be here on the Bloke Pod. Um, oh, listen to this. Yeah. It's like professional. Roll gold. I give it two episodes before GJ's Camry and brought him in instead. <laughs> Well, that's the way to be we honest, do. I'll probably be lucky to survive tonight, but <laughs> it's the way we do. But it's a pleasure to come on to this uh, to this podcast. Oh, no, it's a pleasure to be part of you here. Yeah, and uh, being Matt's first uh, first podcast coming on board, yeah, we figured we'd, we'd put him in his comfort zone and talk about music for a little bit. And you know, we've done a few top ten music things, and we thought. Given that we've got three people on this one rather than two, maybe we need to expand it to a top 15 this time, man. Yeah. I crunched the numbers behind that and I yeah. confirmed that Dad the ratio is right. Yeah. That's right. Two fives, two fives. Lots of deep analysis in that one. Yeah. Indeed. And given that, um, you know, we're in Feb at the time of recording this and Valentine's Day's just passed, what better way to signify Valentine's Day? Talk about the top 15 breakup songs. That speaks volumes about our traditional Valentine's Day. Okay. It's here on the bloke. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which, where the, the, uh, the working title for this is AKA Taylor Swift's next album. So, I think that's a, that's a fair thing to say. Ah, fair intro. Um, definitely the way we want to be looking at this as a album that she should make, given the way she's been going. Um, with a bit of advice from us for what the song yeah. should be. And look, if she is a couple of tracks short and she just needs a one-night stand just to sort of, you know, fill in those last few minutes, I'm more than willing to step my, up, put my point. hand up here. And yeah. Sorry, are we talking about the one-night stand or the songs themselves? Yeah. Oh, the one-night stand that inspires. Uh, oh, right. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> we actually, I think we need to get the tiebreaker in effect here. South African correspondent, here we go. Taylor Swift or Katy Perry? Oh, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. Uh, if we're going to rate them overall, as opposed to particular categories. Sorry, I've got dusting in here tonight. I've got to say, I got to say, Katy Perry. Yeah. Katy Perry. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's the end of my career. My, my, yeah. Right that's sealed the deal. As the old saying goes. Yeah. The eyes have it. Yeah. And it's those damn Katy Perry eyes that get me every time. Really? Yeah. I, I honestly couldn't tell you even if she even has two eyes on her head. She could have 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just got yeah. momentarily sidetracked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What's that, my black hair? Yeah, that's how you debate, dude. That's going to take a moment, uh, possibly yeah. an hour. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Dad, well, 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 I was going to say, well, Dad just makes a visit out to the toilet. Matt, maybe you might want to get us going with our first breakup song and why you've chosen this particular song. All right, well, to start off with, I'll say that traditionally speaking, I'm not usually a Taylor Swift fan, but there's a lot of... T- there's a lot of talent there. So and now I now you say that, after voting for Katy Perry yeah. first. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We went by the most important category. Yeah. Muta- mutability, <laughs> I think, is the two most important categories, which is left and right. <laughs> um, but, but I digress. Yeah. As far as the music is concerned, which is what an album should be about, um, yeah, I think she could use a little bit of direction in what she should go after. Oh, God. I can see this coming a mile away. And to be honest, I could win my job back here. This, this is going to be so bad. So, with the first song, I think she, she's been going for a bit of a punky vibe, so maybe we should help her along with the band that did a great breakup punk vibe song, and I think that Gives You Hell by the All American Rejects is a good way to start this would-be album of hers. Mm. When you hear this song and sing along, pray never tell. So, 
the Maybe let's play the clip rather yeah. than just reading the lyrics for that. No problems. Here we are. Gives you hell. should apologise to Matt here because before when he made the comment that Taylor Swift needed a new direction, I, I automatically assumed it would be of the, the singular direction <laughs> variety, let's, let's put it that way, but he actually rose above the temptation of making that god-awful pun, so... <laughs> I don't know if I Probably. quite have that same patience, so uh, kudos Well, well played, that. sir. Yeah. But, a uh, sophistication. Yeah, please. that's right. But probably let's get back on track. Gives you hell... Apart from the fact that it is actually a, an awesome song in itself, why why this song for Taylor Swift? Well, you know, the recent stuff she's been putting out, as I mentioned briefly before, you know, it's trying to get that tongue-in-cheek, sort of, look-at-me-I've-got-attitude vibe, and here's a band that's already nailed it down. Mm. Um, so it's for her to take a few cues from, and... Get her, get her voice imprint on that. It's actually, which she yeah, could do. And very interesting because the first song that I've chosen, it's less about the, I guess, the, the punk chop, so to speak, but it's focusing in on that attitude. And I, I really wanted to make the, the fuck you, I don't really care what's going on type mentality with all of this. So I'm, fam- I've chosen, I'm famous, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And. Um, Probably best summed up by two words uttered by Pink. So what? One hundred percent attitude. I think that's the way to go. It's definitely attitude. My problem being in two things. I don't think many people would describe Taylor Swift as a rock star um, at all. And the other thing is, if Taylor Swift started a fight, she wouldn't make it out of the paper bag. But that's the point. She wins the fight by going into a studio and getting the last word that way instead. Yeah. It's a little bit of a cowardly move, so for attitude it lacks yeah. that little bit of punch. But, but let's say we have the time. That's exactly right. It, it's the, I, I just, the, the middle digit philosophy here, I think, mm. here. There's a lot know. of Lily Allen in that as well. Yeah. Basically, you fucked me over, so I'm just going to, yeah, yeah, sing a song about how you couldn't get it up. I just think, you know, using the um, This Is Spinal Tap analogy, if you're going to get aggro about it, turn it all the way up to 11. Hello, Cleveland! Yeah. I think that that's the, uh, that's the way to go. So, first song, my first song. There we go. Well, Fair enough. It's interesting that we make the point about, yeah, Taylor always being able to win by getting that final word in the studio. So, as is often the case, I've decided to go the complete opposite direction with my first breakup song, which is a Nine Inch Nails number. And I think Trent Reznor is basically, yeah, taking something of the opposite approach to this one. He's not exactly thinking that he won. Instead, he's saying, I gave up. I tried, I gave up, I tried. I 
I think in typical Trent Reznor style, yeah, rather than trying to sort of look back on the relationship and you know find any redeeming qualities or you know, anything positive to take from the experience, he essentially describes the process of having his heart ripped out of his chest, you know, moment by moment, and ultimately reaches the conclusion: I tried and I gave up. So I thought that was, you know, a bit of a different angle to throw into the mix there. Sort of a slightly more emo, I cut myself, just to, just to see myself bleed approach. Well, and if she's going to pull off anything vaguely emo, she'll have to grow a fringe that's longer than, you know, what falls over her shoulders and show everybody that she can do the Curtain of Doom. Um, which is, well put. <laughs> which is interesting, because... Being a blonde, that whole emo field, yeah. blonde to black is a pretty stark contrast, but, you know, maybe appropriate for a breakup album. Um, get a bit dark, get a bit moody. Yeah. yeah. You know, get a bit morbid, even. I'm not, yeah. sure, I'm not sure what Trent Reznor would make of Taylor Swift actually covering one of his tracks. <laughs> well, you, well say, you, you wonder what he would have thought of Johnny Cash, but Johnny Cash seemed to pull it off pretty bloody well, well, so... It's interesting you make that point, because, yeah, that is another one of my... My entrance coming up later on tonight's episode. We might as well go with it now, then, if, uh, since we've uh, put it out there. No, 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 no. That's all right. Because I think there's a, there's no, a there's rather... some special features we can add in at the end. Chuck, please. <laughs> yeah. Well put, Jeez. <laughs> so, uh, Maddie C, we're back to uh, the dulcet tones from South Africa. Dulcet. Now Dulcet. that's a word I I wouldn't like to apply to the way I speak, but um, I'll ignore that comment and move on with the relevant topic at hand. You and we'll accept Aussie. that because you said it in such a dulcet manner. <laughs> I'm up number two to one, so yeah. I'll reserve my comments I was gonna, carefully. I was going to say. I uh, figure if he's going to take my job, I may as well do a man crush on him. I was just going to say. Um, Matt just pulled the, the peak double double digit move on us and it was probably deserved. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, mine as a next option on the album is going to be a stretch, I honestly believe, for a voice such as Taylor Swift's. But after pulling off Trent Reznor, previous, yeah, that's right. previous All track. Are yeah, off. Yeah. Exactly. I suppose. She's you know, swinging for the fences. We might as well put that voice to its full spectrum test. Um as spectral analysis. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> so now that we've had the full analysis on that vocal range, um, the song that I'm actually going to introduce now is a Whitney Houston number um, that I think, in emotion, is in Taylor Swift's range, but vocally will be quite a challenge as I think it would be for most artists and well, that's yeah, there aren't many people out there who can pull off Whitney well I mean for the last 10 years Whitney couldn't pull off Whitney so fair enough <laughs> but that's mostly Bobby Brown's fault yes. um, <laughs> so the number be careful of... we don't want to get sued okay <laughs> so the song I'm thinking of is didn't we almost have it all uh, an emotional number, one that pulls on the heartstrings, and I think is lyrically in her comfort zone, but vocally a challenge, and she should go for it. Which is why Make I think it happened. So, there we go. Challenge, Taylor Swift, here you go. Take a swing at this bad baby. difficult to replace going forward but uh, I think Taylor Swift should give it a go uh, maybe she can put her own imprint on it can I be honest on that note 
I reckon the best Whitney Houston cover I've ever heard was from um, Homer's uh, like drill sergeant when he was becoming a bodyguard for the mayor. <laughs> In honour of you, you all graduating, I will now perform the theme from the bodyguard. Yeah. And he pulls that shit off. I reckon, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should put it back on just above, quietly. <laughs> yeah. That for me stands alone above all other attempts to um yeah, to emulate Whitney. Look, yeah. any emulation of that kind of a voice is mm. with an understanding that you're trying to imitate something. Yeah. Because to say you're going to better it is almost too ambitious. But what I think is that it's worth it's worth her giving a go from her style. Um, Whitney Houston, as a little bit of an aside, yeah, sad story. Um, not altogether um, unheard of. Uncommon, yeah. But sad story to be repeated by what some would call her understudy, Mariah Carey, who had similar talent starting out, but certainly went downhill a lot faster. Mm. Um, well, so I, hopefully Taylor Swift doesn't do the same thing. I just think Amy Winehouse straight away. And Whitney certainly got a, a lot more years than, mm. than Amy Winehouse ended up getting. Oh, Amy Winehouse, I think, probably wanted to join the 27 Club from when she got her career started. Yeah. Um, I don't know. With a lot of these singers, I just think that's, that's part of the package. You yeah, take it or leave it. I mean, yeah. Trent Reznor, my last artist had um, writer's block for two years after the downward spiral during his drug addiction. I think a lot of what makes them such brilliant brilliant artists is their very tortured nature. Oh, very much so. But um, Amy Winehouse, I don't think you'd put in a similar category. I think she's one that didn't reach the same kind of noteworthy potential that she could have before going completely off the rails. Um, there was talent there there's no doubt about it Um, but she blew that up very quickly when you compare that to let's say somebody like Whitney Houston you said more years when you compare it to a Jimi Hendrix also in that 27 group you're not you're not talking in the same leagues Um, well maybe not in terms of yeah longevity but I think the the character traits which led them down that path of what ultimately contributed to their musical success as well. Look, but longevity for sure. But anyway, an interesting topic uh, that would probably make for a great... That's a different podcast. Yeah, I think, for yeah. a great podcast otherwise. Um, the, the only breakup that it sounds like we're going to have is between uh, our South African correspondent and Dr Jekyll here at the moment, so... I think it's time for me to, to try to bring it back on track and I guess I, I'm kind of going to take the the antithesis of the traditional rock artist into play here. It's it's a bit dangerous when you say you're going to take a, an idol contestant as a uh, as an option here, but... You can probably count on one hand yeah, the number, <laughs> the number that would actually work. Uh, luckily, I, I mean, I, I'm choosing the... I think the, the first... The original... Winner, the original the original and in terms of track record probably the best at this particular point in time and mind you remember that little Norwegian punk beat her at the World Idol Finals yes ouch yeah. Mr Gaptooth Kurt Nielsen I believe his name was although that's surprising because middle I haven't heard it since middle yeah. yeah middle yes yes um, but uh, I guess her anthem song in this particular case Since You've Been Gone is uh, is the one to go with and this is going from one end of the spectrum to the other. This is about, you know, hey, I can move on with my life now that I've got rid of you. So here we go. Kelly Clarkson, since you've gone.
I think playing that clip, the chorus, it's pretty self-explanatory why I chose that song. Um, I heard, it's very Taylor Swift too. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the um, first time I went through the United States, pretty much every single stop that I went on, I had this song somewhere. Every every single stop on the way, which was, yeah, just after that, the first idol and, and broke out. I think this was a second album. might have been a third album, but... Um, Breakaway? No, yeah. That was a first. Yeah, that was a first, yeah. Yeah, there you go. That one and then um, Behind These Hazel Eyes Mm. was the second one off it, yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Man, remember back when, yeah, reality TV show winners were actually credible? And talented? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that probably ended as soon as anyone besides Kelly Clarkson. I was going to say. Well, it's quite entertaining. The South African version of Idols... uh, which I think we call Pop Idol. I haven't watched it since the first one. Our first winner was uh, Heinz Winkler. Good okay, South, African South African name. name yeah. Yeah. Henry's son, maybe? <laughs> Somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, I sense a vote reading scandal somewhere behind yeah. that. Yeah, look, I, I saw him live. Quite a talented guy. Um, but it must be said, to paint the picture clearly, I saw him live in a very small bar... Um, and that was within 18 months of him winning the thing. Mm. So that tells a story in itself. I think, yeah, most idol winners are vacationing off the face of the earth these days. So, um, like Anthony Kalia, as soon as he stopped covering other people's songs, that was just slippery slow. The sad thing about it is, uh, certainly in South Africa, the idol scene is very much a, well, let's make fun of the people who are terrible rather than creating careers for the people that win. For me, the American Idol version is the same, but the person I make fun of for being terrible is actually Nicki Minaj. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of the opposite from the... Well, you know, that's what you get when you're doing it with an angry Hayfield man, as you like to put it. So. <laughs> Keep it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah. My final comment on Kelly Clarkson, though, which impressed me the most about her, was a few months after she one idol and as as you mentioned G was just blowing up everywhere I read an interview where someone asked her you know how how much did idol help you basically achieve your dreams and she flat out said oh I would have got there on my own in the end she said idol will help you know speed up that process for me mm-hmm. but she believed yeah that you know based on her own talent and that she would have got there in the end on her own mm-hmm. I don't think too many other um, yeah idol winners could say that well days. if Taylor Swift can have the confidence to put this album together then it'll probably you, speed up the Francis. process in her um, <laughs> in her career maybe she could replace Nicki Minaj come on yeah. god if anybody replaced Nicki Minaj I'd be happy I was going to say yeah there's a in Anna and Rod yeah <laughs> in Rod we trust <laughs> so your next song then Dan right well I'm going to go with, yeah, sort of a similar sort of rock chip vibe, and that's um, Katie Steele from Little Birdie. Um, and there are there were quite a few breakup songs I could have picked um, from this band, but the one I've gone with in the end because I think it most it's most in line with Taylor Swift's um, yeah, attitude towards breakups in her songs is a little song called Don't. different take on things. Dan, do you want to explain any further? Well, I, yeah, I just, just the very sort of slow and, yeah, uh, what's the, relentless driving bass at the start of that song is a really awesome start to it, mm. and just coming in with the, yeah, with lyrics over the top. I sort of like that, I think it's a bit of a different sound than some of the other breakup songs we've yeah. So you, you're giving us a little bit of a different vibe exactly. to, uh, to what we're and doing. I'm, I'm nothing if not different. Yeah, so. we've been saying that for years. Wow. 
Well, I, that wasn't a word you used, but... Yeah. You've <laughs> <laughs> had to clean it up a bit for the sake yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> I think like any uh, cover album should be, there should be at least a couple of songs um, where you have a cover of a band that people don't know very well. Because essentially then the cover becomes more famous than the original song itself. Most bands have done that the, to one extent or the other time and time again. Like the O.N.R. Ed Farm Effect, in essence, with Smooth Criminal as an example. Take a deep, deep B-side cut and make it your own. Yeah, well, yeah. it makes sense, though. Michael Jackson's, Jackson's deep, deep B-side was yeah. as good as all modern artists. That's you know, exactly right. Pop single. So if something's good, uh, take it on and move it forward and I think this one will also be to some extent a challenge for Taylor Swift's voice but not outside of her range it's you're about- challenging Taylor I've I noticed like everyone you, you're really trying to get her to extend herself well an album a new album has she written a song about you Matt I'm yeah. sensing a bit of like yeah hey look I don't, don't want to cause well, controversy I don't want to cause scandal like, oh, fuck you for talking yeah, about me I, I, I was going to make, make a fool of yourself yeah he's a um, I guess he's a little tidbit for you Taylor Swift and Matt are never ever getting back together it's a tough act to accept, yeah. but she did make it very clear That's in the right. last song that she put together. <laughs> so, ever? Ever, yeah. Look, I, I still have a hope, but to some extent, I, I'm starting to get the impression that it's not ever going to be for a while. Yeah. Um, but this song is from a band called Hailstorm, uh, the lead singer of which has a remarkable... Rock voice. Oh, see, that was awesome. We brought Matt in purely for the purposes of saying that one word there. Remarkable. Remarkable. Outstanding. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a it's a breakup song that's worthy to worthy be of the <laughs> And here it is. Hailstorm, bet you wish you had me back. It's so hard to forget about me I bet you wish you had me back Another chance to get it just like that The best you ever had And do you close your eyes with her And pretend I'm doing you again Like always So, um, coming back now to why that song was selected, I think it's important for the next album that she'll obviously release based on our recommendations. Um, I think it's important that we have a song that shows the maturity that she's developed in this album, and that song... The sensuality. The sensuality, indeed. Um, Because her relationship with Matt was... A lot more sexual than any of the other things yeah. she's had. I yeah. have that effect on. John Mayer's got nothing on this guy. <laughs> I have that effect on blonde country singers from the States. Yeah. It's a specific talent that uh, I won't teach to anybody. But yeah, this has a maturing song as something that will show her as a woman. Yeah. I think that's where it belongs on the album. So, playing, playing the sexuality angle the other way as well. Whenever, whenever I think of God, I hope angst, doesn't mean homosexual. No, no. <laughs> whenever I think female angst songs, I, there's only the first song that always comes into my mind. Alanis Morissette's "You Ought to Know." Um, Taylor, the whole reckon, album, though, really. Yeah, the whole. When you album. say female angst, yeah. God. Yes, um, it's the first CD that I've ever had that I played so much. That I actually couldn't listen to it anymore. I turned to hold through it. By the end of it, it was yeah. just a jagged little pill. It was a jagged little pill by the end of it. <laughs> and, uh, See, we're getting uh, sympathy laughs. Yeah. Another good reason for it. Yes. The <laughs> accent and the sympathy but, laughs. Uh, nah, that was sharp. I think, every, I think everybody. Uh, no, no, just tone it down. Uh, Taking it a bit farther. Come yeah. on. I think everybody knows this song. Uh, but, if you don't, you order. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, you ought to know about it. So here we go. 
Yeah, what do you say about that? Alanis Morissette for me will always go down as... Proven. Go down? Nice choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> in, or, in or outside yeah. the theatre. That's what we want to know. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's not here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay off the record whilst being on air as saying go down would be very much to my preference. Um, <laughs> that was a very... <laughs> you got there with the end. Well yeah. done. <laughs> but... Musically speaking, as we should try to be focusing on here, um, musically speaking, Alanis Morissette, the quintessential female rock artist, in my opinion, and something that Taylor Swift should try and emulate. Dan, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough to disagree with that. Mm. I guess, in terms of the aforementioned sexuality. Mm. Whether that makes her more or less appealing, I'm not quite sure. I think Alanis Morissette. I think it's, I mean, um, sounds like it's fair to say the two of you are head over feet when it comes to Alanis. I think it's more you respect her for you know handling it like a man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're we're eight in, seven to go. Yep. And look, I decided again to just take the complete opposite approach we're talking about Alanis Morissette and yeah the, the chick who's who's been wronged let's put it that way so I've decided to invoke the spirit of one Bon Scott who's got a few choice things to say about a certain woman who's wronged him wrong, wronged him a certain woman who has wronged him yes yeah, you got there in the yeah. yeah and it's called Kit in the Teeth This is the final track off my favourite Akadaka album of all time, which is Power Age. And what I really love about this song, not just as a breakup song, but in general, is it just shows ACDC's ability to sort of mix things up. You know, a lot of their stuff, you know, they've been accused of just writing the same album, I think, 16 times. But this one, the way that they've just got Bon Scott's piercing voice coming in at the start... Then, you know, Angus and Phil Rudd on the drums coming in and then cutting straight into the, um, you know, that relentless guitar line for which ACDC are known. I thought, yeah, it was sort of a, a really a, a cool sort of um, final song to have on that album. And obviously, in terms of the breakup stuff, Bond, yeah, isn't, isn't, <laughs> yeah. isn't too happy with his uh, woman friend. Yes. All right, so having had that, um, we'll move on now to another of my selections, which I think just follows suit in terms of a cover album. Uh, the best cover albums, I think, will include a cover of a cover. And the cover that I'm referring to this Hell time... Hell, Yeah. <laughs> the cover I'm referring to this time um, would be Taylor Swift trying to copy, to some extent anyway... Joan Baez's version of Don't Think Twice, It's Alright by Bob Dylan. An outstanding cover in Joan Baez's right. Um, so Taylor Swift would be the coverer? The cover coverer, I, okay. I, I believe the technical term would be. So I'm just hearing Taylor Swift and covers and all I'm thinking about is getting underneath them. So anyway, Fair I don't like that <laughs> Um, she will write a song about you. Oh, or yes, ten. She will. That'll be another album. Another ruin her for other men. <laughs> no, but I do like this. A cover of a cover. A cover. Yeah. So cover so, of a cover. Very cool. It's so, cool. yeah, this is Joan Bay's the version of Don't Think Twice, It's Alright. But it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, baby. 
if you don't know by now. It ain't no use to sit and wonder why. It don't matter anyhow. When the rooster crows at the break of dawn, look out your window and I'll be gone. You're the reason I'm traveling on, but don't think twice. It's all All right, so from me, that was Joan Bays with Don't Think It's Twice. Uh, sorry, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Easy for you to say. The cover twice removed. Yeah. Quite literally. Um, yeah, that song, From a Domestic. Figuratively? What would that even mean? In the most metaphorically speaking way possible. <laughs> so, well, there are way too many people that's being thrown around right now. God, My cat's breath smells like cat. Yeah, I was to you, you sound incredibly vain, which is probably a good segue to my next song. Song has been around for, for about... Is it about me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, song has been around for about 40 years now, and I think that the most impressive thing about this is that uh, Carly Simon has never, ever, ever... Not get, getting back together, but never, ever, ever... <laughs> let See? people know who this song is actually about. The question there being, did she make it up all from scratch and from other people's experiences, or do we really think there was somebody there to inspire them? Well, well it's been... Some s- things man, not mentioned, no. Apparently, at one point in time, she actually auctioned off the name of the, uh, who the song was about on the proviso that it was never released to the public. She has apparently went with three of the letters, A, E, and R, which isn't... Era! Sorry. <laughs> Which isn't overly helpful since two of the people that it's been suggested it could be about are one suspects. Warren Beatty and Mick Jagger. Interestingly enough, as a subnote, Mick Jagger actually does backing vocals on this particular song as well. But uh, Plus Jagger has E A and R. Yeah. I may be clutching at straws here, admittedly. Yeah. But so would Warren Beatty as it turns out. But yeah, thanks for playing That's in the first name, not his last name though. <laughs> Thanks English. to both Warren and Jagger. See? Even Thanks. with that clue, it's completely unhelpful. Yeah. English for not being down. Strong point. Yeah, that's right. All listening to me, that's as it turns out. But, um, so, yeah, enough rambling about this song. Carly Simon, you're so vain. I just love this chorus. It's the the ultimate fuck you chorus. There's a pretty cool story actually. When after yeah, Trent Reznor had worked with Marilyn Manson on um, Antichrist Superstar, far and away Manson's only release of any sort of significance or note. Um, after they went their separate ways, basically due to Reznor getting off the drugs and Manson still being addicted. Um, Marilyn Manson wrote a song called Star Fuckers, or mm. as it was known in, in some markets, Star Suckers. Mm. And it was the whole thing was pointed at Marilyn Manson. And at one stage in the bridge, he actually sings, You're so vain, you probably think this song is about you. Yeah. So does that count as the 41st cover of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was getting it across the yeah. line. And it, Janet Jackson sampled it in recent times as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It would probably be the... The 42nd or 43rd, if you include Glenn's version. The ironic thing is, no one knows who it's about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's been done so it's many times. so many times. Everyone yeah. thinks this song is about them. That's right. <laughs> right. So, So going from that one, we're going to take a bit of a left turn once again, which seems to be a frequent direction we take once <laughs> once we come across to um, to my selection. Well, I think there's a reason for that. You clearly don't want to be going in one direction. Oh, God. You've, you've just had that one sort of lined up all night, haven't you? You've just been waiting. 
You mean sitting on waiting to pounce like a tiger, <laughs> but in a very lame sense. Like a tiger. Yeah, like a tiger in the Rob Sitch doing Imran Khan set. Let's go with that. Um, this next one is by Sting, and it's from uh, Brand New Day, which is my favourite album of his, um, and it's called Perfect Love Gone Wrong. And I think, again, similar to, yeah, a couple of my other ones, this song is very, very... I guess it's... It's not your conventional sort of pop song, let's put it that way. There's um, actually a French vocalist singing in the background throughout it. Um, Sting compares his relationship to basically being a dog owned by the woman who's getting replaced by another dog. Um, But it, yeah, it wraps it up with a, a very resounding chorus, which is perfect love gone wrong. Well, I think that's a very interesting point. You know, you've taken a track off somebody else's album to try and make it a successful song on the album that we think should be successful. We do? Um, well, we should. I thought this was all like some thinly veiled plot you to get back at her. Hey, <laughs> or to get back with her. It, yeah, wouldn't be, way. it wouldn't be thinly veiled if you'd stop talking like that. <laughs> um, but every single one man is like, this will be a stretch for her, this will be a stretch for her. Well, for fuck's sake, give us something I was going to say, haven't you stretched her enough yeah. already? Well, let's not go into the mechanics of that. But, um... I think GJ already has, just quietly. <laughs> There's not much more we can add. Moving on from there... And quickly... And quickly. Look, let's just go with this song right now. Perfect love gone wrong. I won't be wagging my tail for one good reason. It has to be a crime. This dark house never was the place for me. Running up and second best just ain't my baby. We were so happy, just the two of us. Till this alpha man turned up in the January scene. Now he won't love you like I love you. It won't be long now before that baby goes astray. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on in there, isn't there? There's the, the jazz trumpet going in the background, the, the French female vocalist. Sting making yeah all these repeated um, analogies to his relationship being like a yeah a dog being replaced by another dog, but then when they finally pull it all together and the the French vocalist sort of sings her final line and then they yeah just hit that chorus at the end. It's a great musical resolution of a few very sort of different convoluted ideas. Oh, that sounds like a very cultured view. There's no doubt about it. Thank you, my friend. Um, That's what I try to bring to this <laughs> to this podcast. That's five yeah. jokes. Well, exactly. You know, you can't have too much. Hey, culture. you've got to have the balance of the good and the bad, and I think that's what Dan clearly brings. Yeah, the bad. One <laughs> and the other. <laughs> um, so yeah, an interesting take there on uh, Sting as a potential cover for Taylor Swift. This one. Or the French vocalist. She's got two options there. Yeah, yeah. either one could work. It would make more sense if she was Canadian. But See, but unlike you, I'm giving her some choices here. You know, some options, different different parts. Well, maybe speaking French like is a stretch for her. I mean, come on. She's what, easy enough singing like to make it easy for her. Yeah. Um, you would know. I would. Yes! <laughs> Woo! Up top. Sorry, 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 sorry. So for me, the next one will come as a bit of a surprise to Glenn and Dan over here. It won't be a stretch for her. <laughs> she was just walk in and nail it. First take, done. Yeah, easy game without thinking about it twice. Like what like the other she talks. with you. <laughs> um, so this one is probably on the more alternate side. Uh, a song by Skunk and Nancy called Hedonism. Which, by title, doesn't make the most sense... Sounds a bit hedonistic, to be honest. It does. I took this one purely for pleasure. Um, like oh, that's that. what she said. Sorry, I had to do it. I, I tried not to, but come on, it's expected. So, Hedonism Again, by Skunk and Nancy, probably one of their greatest tracks, 
And I put this on the album, A, because I'd love to hear what Taylor does with it. It would be a different take. I don't think it's out of her range. And here it is, Hedonism by Skunkanazi. So, Skunk and Anzi, very different kind of influence on this album. Uh, but Hedonism as a song, it's a song about cheat. It's a song about, it's not just about you, there's somebody else involved in what we might have had together. So, now that I've got all sappy, um, that's the song that I would suggest. The, uh, so, it's not exactly hedonistic, then, is it? The last of my five... And it is hedonistic because I enjoyed recommending that. <laughs> um, there you go. Well played. That was yeah. I just, I just got burned. So, I was say, we, that would have been the perfect note to end on, except for the fact that we still got two more songs to go. No, we've got two more to go. Yeah. Luckily for all of you listening, um, and the next one is coming from GJ. Yeah, and look, we're getting towards the end, and. I think our last two are pretty good though. Yeah, go on that bang bang. Yeah. You can't you can't do a breakup song without something off of rumours from Fleetwood Mac. Now, some people might choose dreams. I'm more I'm more in Camp Lindsay here. I want Lindsay's response to their breakup. I think this is really unique, probably across the entire podcast we've done, is that it's basically a, yeah an acceptance and you know looking at the positive outcomes of it for both parties yeah. rather than trying to have one get the final one yeah. up and ship over the other yeah and of course we're talking about go your own way So it's fallen to me to wrap things up for tonight. And I was go, thinking Go Your Own Way is a pretty tough Yeah, tough it is. Finish. Because I think when Fleetwood Mac last came to Perth, I read the review of them and, and the reviewer said that Go Your Own Way has to be potentially the greatest um, concert closing song of all time. And they always play that as the final song at their concerts. So, it, yeah, it would make sense as a, I guess, a finishing point, but... The final song that I've gone with, I think it was more, it would be too tough to have anything following from that. And that is the Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt. This is, yeah, a song of great personal significance to me because it's the final song on my favourite album of all time, which is The Downward Spiral. And for anyone out there who is happy to write Trent Reznor off as a a drug-taking, emo, punk rocker, you know, just completely, I guess, sort of someone who you can easily dismiss as having no real musical credibility whatsoever, just listen to this song... And then listen to Johnny Cash's um, cover of it. Put it this way: if Johnny Cash's cover, yeah, 
I mean, the only thing he changed was in the original Trent says I wear a crown of shit Johnny Cash changed that to I wear a crown of thorns but other than that yeah I mean it's such a, a perfect conclusion to that album which has pretty much gone the full spectrum from anger to this melancholy finale it must really hurt him though to know that Johnny Cash actually got the Grammy for it well when he heard it his first reaction was it was like he just lost his girlfriend because Johnny Cash had done it better than he would ever be able to do it and I think for someone to be able to come out and say that I think yeah that that speaks volumes for for both Trent Reznor himself but also for um, how well Johnny Cash did cover this song yeah so Tyler challenges out there 15 songs what are you going to do? Are you going to Barney stints in it and mm. accept the challenge? I don't know. I think she's got her work cut out for her here. From yeah. from um, Trent Reznor to to Bon Scott to Sting to um, any number of uh, stretch artists that <laughs> that <laughs> Matt threw in the mix. I'd like to say to Taylor, I think between the three of us, we've covered a good load of songs that would cover our relationship as it was well. Um, yeah. And it was good while it lasted, but... Uh, and to be to be perfectly honest, Matt doesn't care if you're a rock star and you've got rock moves anymore. He's past that. No, and I bet you wish he had me back as well. Yeah. But uh, I, however, will still take your phone calls. Just, yeah. Just for the record. Yeah. So there's three of us here. One who's been with you, one who would love to be with you, and one who would... One who's taking Katie Perry's phone calls, just quietly. Yeah, who would put you second best. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, Katie, I'm wide awake. Which one was I? <laughs> and I guess uh, that, that's it for, uh, for this episode, so until next time. I'm going to miss the accent, though. We're going to have to invite him back more often. Yeah, I don't know I think, can do I think he might... We might well be having him popping in and out on a few of these in future, so... Yeah. Uh, I'd love the privilege, and it would be a pleasure to come back. Yeah. I've enjoyed... And it would be great to hear you. And, it, and it's, great to, uh, it's great to see that you've survived the initiation, so... Uh, hey, we're not doing the, the towel spanking thing, are we? Okay, so... Yeah. Uh, it's been great to be on this cast, uh, and I'll let GJ sign off. So, until next time... Later skaters. Later hosen.